How's it going today? Uh, you know, it's it's right in the middle, I'd say. Right in the middle. Not too great, not too uh, did bad. Did you get a better you know? sleep apnea mask? I did, yeah. It's been helping out quite a bit. I'm still trying to get used to this machine. I feel like Darth Vader. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think the wife kind of digs it, though. I think she's always had a fantasy about Vader and I don't know how <laughs> doing those fantasies, but yeah. Very nice. Uh, speaking of machines, what a great segue. Today yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about robots and cheap labor. So I had asked before yeah. starting if you meant robots and cheap labor in terms of robots inherently create cheap labor, or if you also wanted to factor in cheap labor in terms of if we had big immigration and the uh, you know more immigrants and and you know no minimum wage and these sorts of things. And you said, yeah, you want to kind of factor in both because it's more about the fears people have, right? Oh my right. God, our jobs are going to disappear and all of that stuff. One thing I want to just highlight, um, I listened to a very brief part of the Yaron Brooks show and he was talking about this fear. And he said, you know, 50 years from now, there's going to be more jobs, not less, because the more we, more machinery we have, the more complex society gets, the more specific things we're able to do and expand. I want to know yes. if that's kind of, what your thinking is and and obviously you know i'm hoping you'll expand on that if it is yeah well you know the first thing is if, I, I think that's true but I, even if it wasn't true we should be in favor of it because you know mm -hmm. the proper the proper um goal of economic um i guess policy let's call it that or economics is not to create full employment or to create more jobs the proper goal is to uh, create an environment where production can flourish, right? In other words, yeah. we ought to focus on production, not on jobs. Uh, you, you know, if you want to look at countries that have full employment, you look at places like Somalia, Ethiopia, uh, you know, uh, backwater tribes. These, these people have to work from before dawn till after dusk to survive. That's full yeah. employment. And that, I don't think, is what, what people really want, right? And so, so the history of our of Western civilization um, through the Industrial Revolution and capitalism and all that stuff has been actually less employment, right? It, it's been, look, the machines have already taken our jobs. The, the low-wage uh, migrants have already taken our jobs. That's why we're able to do <laughs> so much I'm not a farmer. Right. I, I'm not a farmer. I don't have to work before dawn till after dusk anymore because something has taken that job away from me. Now, does that mean I'm poor? No, I'm much more wealthy because of it. And I'm able to do other things. I'm able to provide value to, uh, to people in other ways than simply trying to survive, um, but by having a full-time nonstop job, just trying to stay alive. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I would agree with Yaron to a certain extent. And I think he would agree with me too, that um, the proper focus ought to be production, yeah. not... Um, not uh, employment or something like that. But I, I do think that there's an argument to be made that, yeah, um, in technology and machines and, and better productivity can actually lead to more jobs. Right. And, you know, in the episode we did on immigration, we talked about if there's a lot of, I think that was the episode, we, there was a lot of cheap labor, then, you know, if it's supplanting my job, well, I can actually just create a new job. I can leverage that cheap labor. Right. And I can right. I can create more with it. And I think, you know, machines, that's just way more so the case when you look at the software that's available now, when you look at all of the things that I can do sitting at a desk, it's insane. And I have every ability to basically create 
whatever job I want, right? Um, you know, I read Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk, and he very much advocates that, especially with the way marketing is now. I can sit and basically create a job and be my own marketer yeah. and do whatever I want, almost, if I'm good enough at it. Um, right. And so the idea that, you know, there's some fear that machines are going to take our jobs. No, machines just replace manual labor. Like one thing that I was thinking about, I stopped driving and my, my, I was talking with my sister and she asked me like, well, why don't I want to drive anymore? And I said, well, like I'm just trying to optimize my consciousness and how I'm using my brain. And this is literally something that uses a lot of energy. That is something that is not uniquely human to do, right? Like it's just a bunch of inputs. My brain's filtering and enacting. Why would I want to do that with a bunch of my time? I'd rather be using my brain for things I actually enjoy rather than things I have to do. And that's directly applicable. I mean, to people who like truck drivers who drive professionally, maybe they enjoy it, but I'm sure many don't. But also so many of the historical manufacturing jobs and a lot of other things, even code monkeys, right? They just sit and use, they use their computing power, but they're not actually, you know, growing their, their intelligence in it or creating new something unique. They're just like, right. Uh, basically a computer so why wouldn't you want that to be replaced by a computer other than fear of of losing comfort right. or something yeah and so let me just uh, explain to folks what happens and why um we're not too worried about machines by using a specific example let's say i have a factory that makes um automobiles or something like that and you know i have say a thousand employees working putting together these automobiles and then i find uh, a machine or a robot that can do the job uh, faster and better and I can increase productivity and I can replace half my workforce with these robots that, that mm -hmm. actually do a better job and put out more vehicles and increase my profits. Okay, so now at first glance, if you just look at it superficially, I've just unemployed, I've just laid off 500 people. So those people are now unemployed, right? But what's not seen is... Um, it, it, are the other things. So now I have more profits. I can either in like someone, first of all, has to build those robots, right? So those are jobs that someone's doing. Uh, so I didn't I've created, exist before created, robots were buildable. Exactly. So now my demand is increasing, <laughs> increasing the employment at this robot plant. And now guess what? I have more profits. Maybe I expand my operation and buy more robots. I've just created more jobs at this other plant that's building robots or i can take th those funds and invest them in some other business create more, more employment there or i can just hoard them uh, hoard those funds and consume things with them right i buy a yacht i buy a fancy car i buy this i buy that well each one of those things that i buy is creating jobs somewhere else mm -hmm. down the road so yes it's it's sad for those 500 people but there's a bunch of other jobs that have just been created because I've become more productive and now I have more profit. And now the other thing that happens when, when suddenly I'm, I've got huge profit margins because I found a cheaper way of doing things that produces way more, uh, suddenly other automobile manufacturers take notice of that and they start realizing there's a huge profit margin there and they start adopting my business model, right? So they start laying some people off, but they also start buying more robots. They start spending money and investing here and there. So and it lowers creating... the cost of production and new people could more easily get into that industry and compete right. with you as well. Okay. So now now, two, now a bunch of things are happening. First of all, we've created a bunch of jobs that didn't exist before, but we've also increased productivity and we and suddenly now the, the 
price of these automobiles are coming way down because of all this competition. The profit margins are getting skinnier and, and suddenly as a consumer, now my dollar goes further, right? So, mm -hmm. so, uh, increasing productivity, whether it's through cheap labor or robots, uh, makes buying our buying power, our dollar go a lot further. So suddenly $1,000 feels like $10,000. It buys what $10,000 once bought. I can buy with $1,000, right? And, you know, th this happens already to, some, to a large extent, like uh, iPhones, for example, are built in China, cheap labor, factories, different yeah. regula regulatory regime. It's far less regulation. They're able to get, you know, do, do things for cheaper. Is that good or bad that those jobs are in China? Well, the fact that I can buy an iPhone for under a thousand bucks makes it affordable. If it were built here in North America, it would probably be cost us over $5,000 for one of these phones. That doesn't make us richer. That makes us poorer as a society. So yeah, we brought a plant here uh, and we brought jobs here, but guess what? It's, they're not going to sell as many iPhones. It's, we're not better off because of that. Right. And we're how many off. jobs are enabled by the fact that everyone has affordable iPhones. Right. I, one thing is that people forget it's a supercomputer in your pocket, but think of how many businesses sure. now operate through the iPhone. And that's only been enabled because of the cheap labor that got that iPhone into everyone's pocket. And so from a strictly economic sense, the free flow of goods, services, labor, the division of labor, all these, these things make us all better off. They make people on the other side of the ocean better off, but they also make us better off um, because ultimately you want capital and labor to go where it's most productive, where it can produce the most for the, for the least amount, right? And that makes us better off. In fact, you could say that a nation does poorly when its labor and capital uh, doesn't produce as much as, an, as another nation. If for the same amount of labor and capital, another nation can produce better, can do better, well, then your nation starts to suck hind tit, right? Uh, that's bad for the nation. And so the way you increase productivity is you unleash the market. You let people uh, find ways to be productive. And so all this stuff is being undermined right now by the new right. You know, so for we, we've talked about Tucker Carlson, uh, signing on to this economic nationalism or economic patriotism, mm -hmm. as Elizabeth Warren calls it. Um, you know, the, the, these conservative nationalists are meeting now and, and they have uh, Peter Thiel and, and Tucker Carlson and all these big conservative folks um, talking about protectionism and, you know, all, all these things that ultimately lead to our buying power being depreciated. In other words, it's going to cost us more for things, uh, undermining economic activity and and you know at the end of the day it's going to hurt employment as well our ability to to use things so i think it's just a very short-sighted approach and so i'm wondering if there's anything other than just ignorant fear that causes people to believe these things right that are that they're so scared of the robots taking our jobs or the immigrants taking our jobs like is it just that they're lazy to be retrained and they're kind of fearful of, of you know some uncertainty is it really that simple of an explanation well uh, sure it is i mean we've seen it throughout history uh you know that that workers you know the luddites have have and the technocrats have um risen up and and protested and smashed factories and done all these things 
when layoffs threatened, right? They, they want to be less, they want these factories to be less productive because their job is to be a ro be that robot or to be that machine. They, they've re relegated themselves to be machine. But, you know, if that's how your livelihood is, if you've invested everything into that craft and suddenly that your skills aren't valuable anymore because a machine can do it 10 to 100 times better for cheaper, um, where does that leave you? It leaves you with all sorts of uncertainty about your future. And mm -hmm. so that, that's something that I think we'll have to, you know, we'll have to address. And you know, so there's this idea, I don't remember exactly where I read it, but that like companies should basically look to hire employees with the thought that they will be lifelong learners. Like I'm hiring this person to do whatever jobs I need. And so Amazon announced like some massive retraining program for a bunch of their employees because it's it is true that if I know you're a good worker, if I like if you've worked here and I have vetted you already, it's way cheaper to keep you than hire someone new. It's way more efficient. So it makes sense to kind of shift that mindset. Obviously, not everyone will stay every time, but I, I do think that makes sense if you can create a training model within the organizations. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is, I think it's going to be difficult to have sustainable uh, corporations in the future, right? Like, I think the, the, the days of like a monolithic, corporation 100-year corporation. corporation i think those days are kind of numbered because thing markets just get disrupted too fast innovation happens too quickly i mean pretty soon we're going to be able to manufacture whatever we want in our own homes you know eventually we'll have robots that can make robots which can make even smaller robots or something like that and and you know you'll be able to create your own <laughs> manufacture whatever you want at that point what, what do you need, even need a job for if you have a robot that can produce anything for you? Um, what, what do you even need, need to go to the office Monday to Friday for? Like what, what value are you like providing to anyone? And what do you need? Why do you even need that income, right? If you have something that can provide all your material needs, you know, there's still going to be trade though, even at that point. Like let's say someone creates a robot that can replace all our jobs right now. Does that leave us better off or worse off? I say we're better off. Uh, yeah. Now we're we're freed up. We we have all our needs being met that these jobs previously met. Uh, you know, the job of the grocer is to to check out your groceries. The job of the fireman is to put out your fire. The job of the street sweepers to sweep the streets. Like all these things are going to get done, and, and so your needs are going to be met. Um, and and so that frees us up now to do other things. Okay. Now now we have to find other ways to be valuable. Well, that might I be mean, starting a podcast. That might be. Yeah. Uh, providing childcare for someone that might be teaching someone how to use their robots in a more productive manner because you just learned a new technique and that's valuable, right? You, it, it's going to be creative things. It's going to be art. It's going to be all these things like the elevation of the human spirit that right now we don't get a chance to because we're stuck in our cubicles Monday to Friday, uh, pulling levers and doing things that eventually robots and computers are going to be able to do for us. Right. And, or they and probably that, could that's be in a good some thing. aspects already. Yeah. So employment's going to look a lot different and, and the way we make money and, and flourish is going to look a lot different. It's just like, you know, yeah, 150 years ago, it was horse and it was all about horses, right? Well, the automobile mm. came along and totally changed that, totally ripped up. Like if you saw that coming, you would be incredibly fearful about what this is going to mean for your industry, making horse and bridles or shoeing horses or cleaning up horse poop or, uh, you know, 
farming crops to feed fuel these beasts or whatever right. had to do with horses, suddenly you're going to feel very uncertain. But would you say we're better or worse off because of automobiles? Um, we're, we're far better off. We couldn't have imagined how good things would be because we now have automobiles. And, and I think that that there's no reason to think that that more sophisticated machines that do more things for us isn't going to do the same thing. It's going to make our lives better as far as I'm concerned. Listeners to this podcast get a one week free trial to the warrior path. So sign up now. The details are below. I was coming off a stint in management uh, when I signed up for the warrior path and I was pretty soft. I'm not going to lie to you, David. (laughs) I was uh, out of shape. I was huffing and I had to come back to the floor, kick in doors, hump hose, fight fire. And I needed to get into shape. And Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path definitely got me into shape. Uh, you know, I, I never felt better, to be honest. And he had an app that tracked the progress. I sent videos to him. Uh, it, was, it was a really slick application, actually. I, I would send videos. He'd correct my form, send me little tips and, and videos. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I needed, he was available. And I'll tell you, I... I put on, I think, about 50% on all my personal records in about a two-month period uh, working with the Warrior Path. Yeah, I agree. And I think another thing to note is that, you know, let's entrepreneurship or like people owning small businesses is a huge, useful thing. And, and I believe there's less uh, startups now than there used to be uh, because I don't know exactly why, but the more that there's a low barrier to entry, less regulation and cheaper labor, the more people that can create unique businesses of things that they think they value and maybe some other people value. And if you have that ability because you don't need to just work like, I mean, it's the same argument people are making for universal basic income, right? If I don't have to do anything, then I'll be able to... um, you know, do what I want and, and work from there. And it's like, okay, you don't have a right to take people's stuff to then have that freedom, but that's the same of eventual principle we think we'll get to as we get more and more productive robots. And if, I mean, if we let, a you know, if 200 million Chinese people wanted to come here because they want to flee communist China and I can pay them $3 an hour and they can afford to get the other food and other things from the other, you know, recent immigrants, then I can have most of my needs satisfied. They can all, you know, work in their significantly cheaper ecosystem as well. Right. So whether it's robots or whether it's like a massive amount of people that just helps everyone thrive when, when you actually just let the market value find itself right yeah. if i can actually set the prices as, as in terms of what i think the value is to me right and and i want to stress too because listeners are probably pulling their hair out right now ta- accusing us of open borders and all this stuff <laughs> and um <laughs> you know there's the economic argument that which is essentially yeah we should have basically free flow of, of labor and that sort of thing but there there are other considerations other than economics when it comes to nations yeah. and sovereignty and that sort of thing and you know obviously yeah. If we were to take the population of Canada and and switch it with the population of Saudi Arabia, just switch those two populations right now, uh, Saudi Arabia would look like a much different place and Canada would look like a much different place. They would be completely different countries. Essentially, Saudi Arabia would become Canada and Canada would become Saudi Arabia. So, you know, there, there's a good argument to be made that that um, Canada is built, well, it should be built on the ideas of individual liberty. And, yeah. and if that's the kind of nation we want, then we have to have people that 
uh, migrate here in a way that can be integrated and accept those ideas and embrace yeah. them fully and and start providing value and and learn the language. Are you worried I cultures. triggered some listeners about yeah, my yeah, two hundred million Chinese <laughs> a lot of snow, people coming here? A lot of sna- snowflakes. But but it does bring up you know I thought of this thought experiment because someone someone posted on my Facebook page that we don't need any more immigrants. Zero. 0.0. That's how many more Canada's Canada population is literally declining without immigration. <laughs> well, and I mean, I don't know what the population should be or shouldn't be. You know, I, I wouldn't know how you know that there's enough immigrants. I guess it's just a feeling. But the I, U.S.'s you know, I population it, is 10 times ours. Right, right. We definitely have room for more people. We have more room for a few more. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's use this experiment. Let's say we, we were to take uh, an iPhone plant from China and all its workers and just plant it in the middle of rural Saskatchewan somewhere. Um, and and they'd be making the same amount of money. They'd be selling the same product. We wouldn't affect their wages or the regulations that come. That plant would be now making iPhones here in Canada. Would that be better off for Canadians or worse off for Canadians? Uh, like it would now be that we slightly have all these better things, off. It'd be, it'd be slightly better off. But right? I'm... Because I'm thinking only because the iPhone's cheaper to ship here and we could then sell it to the U.S. But these these uh, uh, folks now that work at the plant are going to be spending money in the communities. They're going to be spending money locally. You know, businesses might pop up around that plant to to provide for the needs of the workers that they can spend on and all, all those kinds of things. Right. So so, you know if Canada would be better off with us moving that plant here and all those workers here, then um, why wouldn't we want that? Right. Uh, Now uh, there's arguments to be made, you know, obviously right now we have a welfare state, so there's a lot of considerations like uh, they're going to be driving on the roads and the infrastructure and this and that, and what kind of taxes are they going to be paid and all that kind of stuff. So, so that throws a wrench into all sorts of things, um, you know, all sorts of problems, but just theoretically in a, in a free market, laissez faire environment where you don't have all the socialism and, and, you know, why wouldn't we want things like that closer to us? Why wouldn't we want to deregulate? Um, you know, I can't think of a good reason, but. Yeah. And yeah, when it comes to technology, it's again, it just, the, the layers it adds to the, the more layers of complexity the economy has, the more opportunities there are for job creation. Right. And and the idea that just saying pause, no, 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 we don't want more innovation. No, no, no. We can't have these robots take our jobs. That's that just doesn't make sense. And I think I mean, I believe that the younger generations inherently know that because they've kind of been raised on the Internet. A lot of tech jobs, Facebook and anyone can create an app. Right. Like it's a lot less scary when I have. Well, when I theoretically could get the skills to create an app that could be worth a billion dollars. And a lot of people, you know, the young generation is kind of pursuing that, you know, a lot, it seems. Um, So it's something to be said that especially as more and more things go digital, the ease of creating wealth is much lower as well, because I don't need like the one friend I have doing a like a hardware startup, it's much more difficult for him than the ones doing software startups. So as as that kind of continues to grow out, it's huge. But again, we talked about the reason it's so huge is because I can get a supercomputer in my pocket for a thousand dollars or yeah. free yeah. if I if I you know sign a contract. But see, you're you're able to think like an entrepreneur, right? And a lot of people aren't uh, are 
handicapped, I guess, you know, public school or whatever has, has trained them that their best value is as an employee, right? They've never thought like an entrepreneur, but you know, like I remember when I was working in Fort McMurray, I think I've told this story before and I owned a business and I needed people that could edit video and do camera work and do all these things. And I mean, I had to offer between 50 and 75 bucks an hour to people who couldn't even really do a very good job. And that really hindered my ability to get contracts because I had to set a really high price for my product and not a lot of people wanted to pay that price. Now, if I could have hired five people for, you know, $10 an hour or something like that, um, that suddenly I'd have created more jobs and I'd be providing more value to customers. I'd be getting more business, making more money, expanding my business and all the, all those kinds of things. Right now I haven't taken any, these low wage immigrants or whatever that I just hired, haven't taken any jobs away from anyone because those jobs didn't exist before they were able to work for cheaply for me. So it's not a zero sum game. Like people think that there's only certain number of jobs that Canada is just stagnant. There are this number of jobs and they ought to be filled by Canadians. Well, no, (laughs) you know, we can create a lot more jobs if we have access to cheaper labor and that in turn will create more high level jobs and opportunities for entrepreneurship. Cause now instead of, going out and working on the rigs or something like that you can start your own rig and hire cheap labor to, to do your work for you. And suddenly you're making 10 times as much as you did as an employee. Right. One um, thing that I was thinking about recently in, in this respect is the, like the problem with homelessness and it's, you know, it's, I think it's a problem of regulation, right? If I could create a housing complex that gave people rooms and I paid them five bucks an hour to do work for me and they had a room, I would be able to hire probably a lot of the homeless people. Obviously, some have mental health issues and these sorts of things as well. But I'm just not allowed to do that. I'm, right. I'm not allowed to help these people um, not be homeless because there's so many rules about how they can't be homeless. Right. Right. And so right. if I like I literally have the means to pay a bunch of people five hours. I don't have the means to pay a bunch of people $15 an hour. I have the means to pay a few people five bucks an hour for specific things that is easy to do. I just don't want to do it, right? Like I listened to Alex Epstein talk. He answered a question on his podcast about his personal assistant. And some of the stuff he gets his personal assistant to do is stuff anyone could do, right? It's like even things like he has them watch him while he swims in the ocean to make sure he doesn't drown. He has them come one wheeling with him, like skateboarding with him, because those are things that he wants someone to make sure he's safe and these sorts of things. I I would love to do something like that if I could pay them five, ten bucks an hour for a couple hours a day to do things that are pretty easy. But I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. And so there's so many issues with the labor market and I would be creating a job. It would be more helpful than them being homeless. And yeah. And then I'm creating wealth. I'm 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 able to leverage my company and grow it and create more jobs. Eventually, maybe pay them more if they're worth it and these sorts of things. So the regulation gets in the way in addition to the fear of, you know, immigrants and, you know, machines. Yeah. And I mean, you know, th- this idea that that these immigrants are taking jobs that Canadians want is, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know who these people are where immigrants who can barely speak the language and know the culture and are barely able to provide any value are what kind of job are they taking from you? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just don't see it there. You know, I think Doug Stanhope had a bit on this about Mexicans coming, coming and selling their ganipganots at Walmart 
they can't <laughs> they can't speak the language how are they taking your job from you right yeah uh, mowing grass and like it bugs me it, it kind of annoys me when i go to tim hortons and i can barely understand the person right i hear the sing song voice and you know there's a lot of immigrants that work these jobs but why are they working those jobs well it's because canadians just don't want to work those jobs right right if you uh, if you as an extremely like if these people think they're so valuable and intelligent, the, the individual who's scared of their job being lost, you know, you can definitely get that job. If you want, you're, you know, you're a native English speaker, you're an intelligent person, go get the job at Tim Hortons if that's what you're worried about. But these people aren't coming and taking your job that, like, that is of any actual value uh, in, in, a sen in, a, in a greater sense, I guess. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the big, reasons I hear um, to be, you know, anti-immigrant, right? And I think that there's reasons to be um, be against wide open borders and to favor, you know, controlled migration. But uh, economic flourishing and taking your jobs isn't one of them. That's not a reason why you should be against immigration at all. If that's the only thing we're concerned about, we should actually favor open borders. But of course, there are, like I said, there are other concerns. Mm -hmm. We have a welfare state. We have concerns about uh, cultural integration, and and you know, we we simply can't have. And even like hardcore anarcho-capitalists and and Austrian economists like Murray Rothbard and um, Ludwig von Mises uh, raise skepticism about open borders as well. You know, they make the case for free labor and capital traveling around. Um, but they also make a caveat that, look, it's more nuanced than that. We have to be concerned about uh, changing cultures. And, and especially when you have an interventionist state that divides people and creates animosity and creates conflict. Uh, yeah, having immigrants, having a clash of cultures and creating enemies and oppositional um, tensions, that, that's how wars get started. That's how mm -hmm. uh, nations break apart. That's how systems collapse right and so we do have to be cautious about that just in case Absolutely. anyone out there is getting triggered about uh, me being or david being all, all about open borders but yeah well and fundamentally i think people need to switch to an entrepreneurial mindset right yes if there is cheap plentiful labor holy crap i would be so pleased i could build my billion dollar company much more quickly if i could hire a bunch of people for five bucks an hour right it's just well, that's just how it is Maybe we need to move somewhere where there's cheap labor and, and uh, just do that, right? I mean, yeah. there's computers everywhere. I mean, what are we doing right now that can't be done in, in some other third world country? No, definitely not. And I'm getting a remote working job and it's like, well, I could definitely just go work somewhere, uh, live out of somewhere that's, you know, five bucks a day to live and, yeah. and, and earn my income somewhere else, right? It's very valuable. But the other, the, the main thing is regulations and like if I'm work, the main thing is regulations, right? It, that's what gets in the way of most of these. Yeah, that's fair. Well, there, there it is, folks. Let's, uh, let's keep the unemployment going. Uh, hopefully a robot takes my job soon so that I can move on to bigger. I things. feel like you'd be better to talk to than a robot, Tim. I've yet to meet a robot I like talking to more than I like talking to you. Okay, well, I don't think a robot could take my job here. I, you know, I don't think I'm, uh, you know, one of those NPCs or whatever. Um, but I, I think a robot could probably put wet stuff on red stuff, right? I mean, 
Surely. I mean, sprinklers have kind of taken a lot of my job away from me. There's a lot less fires now because of these automatic sprinklers. People are putting in their homes, taking firefighter jobs, bastards. But, yeah. um, you know, eventually, yeah, I, it would free me up to, to do things I, I think that people would value. So, yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right, man. Talk to you later.